Kovic here. Hulk Hogan is in the building. You're damn right he is. Go get him, Hulkster. Yeah, but whose side is he on? Go what are you talking about? Whose side is he on? What are you talking about? Yes, sir. Get him, Hogan. Go get him, baby. Come on and get some of this now. Who's bad now, boys? Welcome to a very, very special edition of Six Borough Wrestling Podcast. I am Lockwood, Ralph Rispo. The cross-county kid. The mouth of the South Hudson. I know. We are, we the, are the bad guys the podcast of the podcast world. world. And how fitting the, uh, opening, the opening segment is, you know, not a song that we usually start with, but is that the uh, bit of... Uh, the bit of commentary that you heard. That, ladies and gentlemen, was from the Bash at the Beach exactly 23 years ago to this day. The day we are releasing this podcast, July 7th, 2019. And it marks the beginning of absolutely the number one... Um, just number one thing in the pro wrestling world at the time. Yeah, struggle getting that out. I you? did. I mean, I don't really have a lot of words to 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 say to put this over. If you didn't know what that commentating was in the beginning of the show, you should have been listening to this. You podcast. shouldn't be listening to this because, podcast. The, the, and you're probably not listening to this podcast, as I said in, in our our last yeah. weekly episode. So, for all, those of you who didn't know, this, we're doing. Um, our normal weekly show, and then we're having these uh, special shows come out. So, like, our weekly show is, like, sex. And now this is, like, the cigarette. <laughs> now you get a little extra. <laughs> what is that? Now you get a little extra from Lockwood and the Cross <laughs> County Kids. Sure. But let me tell you something. So, let's, let, you know, so obviously we are talking about the NWO, the New World Order, the formation of the New World Order, the culmination of the invasion angle that uh, was started by Scott Hall and Kevin Nash on the WCW programming. So we are going to dive right in and we're going to stop at the the end of that moment there. Uh, we're going to stop at that event and we're not going to go any further than, than the Bash of the Beach 1996 uh, where Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, the... Uh, the the dubbed outsiders, quote unquote, faced um, Lex Luger, Sting, and the Macho Man Randy Savage because they said, "Get your three guys, we'll get my three guys." But let's go back to the beginning of all this. Let's go back to uh, I will. I'm going to go back to March 1996, and I guess we can play um, a little bit of devil's advocate here. I was at the event. That was the event, March 17, 1996, Madison Square Garden, was the event before the curtain call, the famous curtain, or the infamous curtain call, where Bret the Hitman Hart and The Undertaker defeat Diesel and Shawn Michaels by DQ. DQ because Diesel actually turns on Shawn Michaels, hitting him in the back with the steel chair, and that's when Michaels was quoted hearing on, on uh, you know, uh, live uh, uh, house show camera saying, I'm going to kick his seven-foot ass. Michaels goes on to win the WWF Championship from Bret Hart at WrestleMania, and Diesel goes on to lose to The Undertaker at WrestleMania. At this point, I bring that up because he was on that card, and he was on WrestleMania uh, 12, 
Greg, I bring that up because, um, you know, my my uh, my March seventeenth is my birthday. I was there. I was not aware you were at that March show. March 17th was my birthday. I was at that show, not the curtain call, but the show before that. I was there with my buddy, Nori Davis, who's a big-time comedian now, and he's big-time. Look him up. Nori Davis, big-time. Shout-out to Nori Davis, too. I should try to get him to listen to the show, man. He's a big wrestling fan. Yeah. Actually, cool. before you go, actually, question. why weren't you at the curtain call? I wasn't at the curtain call, and that's funny because I was supposed to go to the curtain call. Were you? Yeah, I was supposed to go to the curtain call, but I never got to go to it. Yeah. Uh, what was I don't your know. excuse? I don't know, man. I was, what was I, 12 years old, 13 years old? I don't remember why I didn't go, but I was supposed to. I remember I was supposed to go. I didn't go. It's okay. Nothing really happened. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. My point, the point, the reason why I brought it all the way back to that, my point is this. Diesel's on this show. Diesel's on the show at WrestleMania. He gets a championship match after WrestleMania because it wasn't really until after that that Diesel decides he's leaving. Because before all that, Razor Ramon decided he was leaving. And that was when things got started. So around, um, I'd say around March, WrestleMania time, that Hollywood backlot brawl between... Rowdy Roddy Piper and Goldust was supposed to be Razor Ramon and Goldust. Goldust so yes. Razor Ramon had a problem working with Goldust because of all the sexual orientation that Goldust would put on Razor. He had a problem with it. He wasn't uncomfortable. He, he was offended. Dustin. He was offended. He liked Dustin. He liked Dustin Rhodes. Uh, he just didn't like the character. He didn't like the image. That ultimately led him to asking for his release. He got a nice juicy offer by Eric Bischoff and, 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 and WCW. He took the offer. He decided... Vince McMahon can't match it. I'm going. So, actually, before you go into that, the reason why is right. because Eric Bischoff and Ted Turner were throwing out guaranteed contracts. That's true. For Big less point. Le- less amounts of dates. See, WWF at the time, you had, had to work. You had to work 100 days a year. 300 days a year for maybe holidays. This amount. Holidays yeah. too. Yeah. Away from your families, maybe for this amount of money. Um, I would say less amount of money. Wasn't um, it no, I'm just, no, I'm just saying maybe. Oh, 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 oh you, it wasn't. No, a, it, it, it depended on the date at the draw. It depended on the draw. So WWF wasn't guaranteeing any money or guaranteeing any contracts at the time. <laughs> WCW and Eric Bischoff uh, were offering long-term contracts right. with guaranteed money and fewer dates. So I think in the hundreds, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe like a hundred dates, hundred twenty dates. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. initially. You know, Scott Hall's big commentary on the whole thing was, you know, you can either make friends in this business or make money. And he said, you know, I got a lot of friends in this business. I'd like to make the money Exactly, now. exactly. So, basically, Scott Hall is giving his notice. He's out. Um, and, you know what? It's no secret. Hall and, and uh, his buddies at the click see Shawn Michaels just about to get pushed. Triple H was in a position to get pushed. Kid was, uh, you know, Kid was actually on his way out. Kid too. was he injured. Had, yeah, he was injured. Well, that's he got that, injured after after the March show because he was on the show against Dominic Johnson. That's why he wasn't on the curtain. But call. he wasn't on the curtain call either because he ends up getting injured, and um, at, it, it was at that point where he was going. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Have you noticed that he actually is, had some two major? He he got hurt. Yeah, before the curtain call, and then he got no, hurt. Listen, no, yeah. listen, he got hurt before the no, curtain call. He got hurt before the curtain call, and then next time you see him, he shows up on Nitro. 
okay, which is a big event in his career. Sure. Then he gets hurt and he gets fired by FedEx by Eric Bischoff and then he shows up on <laughs> Raw. Raw yeah, and he has another big moment in his career where he goes off on One Eric injury Bischoff. after another. Yeah, and injuries are really a good thing for X-Pac, so. So basically, um, we're at, now Razor Ramon decides he's leaving, um, you know, and uh, Diesel, right? Yep. Big Sexy big Kevin sexy Nash, Kevin Big Nash. Daddy Cool, right? He decides that he's going to test the water, too. He doesn't really want to go. Yeah, actually, he asked Vince to match Match it. If he yeah. can match it, he'll stay. He likes the company. He was grateful for the company. That's for right. Putting him where he World was. World champion. World champion. Uh, triple, triple crown champion inside of a calendar year. That's never been done before. And, uh, I mean, at that point, it might have been done. And you got to think since. back. Actually, you've got to put it in a little in perspective for some right. people. Um, the click, newer, newer the fans, click, yeah. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, um, Diesel, Razor, and Kid, they were all in that kind of top spot because Shawn was the champion. Uh-huh. And Shawn wanted to work with his buddies. Uh-huh. So Diesel was in a good spot because he was going to be in the title picture. Right. Razor was in a good spot because he could do a little work with Shawn as well. I'm sure Hunter, was in, Hunter was in a good spot. Hunter was going to get pushed. Yeah, Hunter, he was going to get pushed. We, we talked about it. Yeah, he was going the king of the yeah, ring. Yeah, you know, that show that nobody else into. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Kid, you know, he was hurt, but he was going to probably working some good matches. You know, Triple H was going to be in a lot of elite company, you know, Owen Hart, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Brett the Hitman Hart, you know, King Mabel, Braun Strowman, you know, King yeah. of the Ring. You know? Yeah, King yeah. of the Ring. Yeah. Anyways, so what we were getting at was each member of the clique was in a good position in WWF because of their... Camaraderie, because right, camaraderie. Yeah, that's camaraderie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah because yeah. all of them were the click, uh-huh. and they all ran together, and they were all controlled the top spots in the company. Absolutely. So that's Plus, that's a good that's a position that they were leaving. Right. They were leaving a good position. Their buddy was was top, but the deal was just too sweet, and no pun yeah, intended. No pun intended. <laughs> the deal was just too sweet for Diesel and Razor Ramon. They wrestle their last match. Kevin Nash Diesel tells Vince he's not going. Agrees to stay. Turns around and gives his notice. Um, whether he was persuaded further after that, you know, it remains to be you know, a thing. But at the same time, like I said, this was after this had to have been after WrestleMania. If it was before WrestleMania, I think Vince had more of like a relationship at this point with Kevin because he did ask Kevin to to um, uh, you know to job to the Undertaker at WrestleMania to do the honors, and Kevin actually said it would be an honor to do it. So I think at this point, Kevin is out the door. But he's getting the push that Razor... Razor's not even on TV at this point. He's nope. barely on TV. He wasn't, he at, wasn't WrestleMania. at WrestleMania. Yeah. No. So, we go to May uh, 1996, where the curtain call unfolds. And um, that is the event where... If you don't know what that is, you shouldn't be listening, you to, this shouldn't be listening to this podcast. But that is the event that um, basically turns everything upside down. Um, their last matches uh, for the WWF were on May 19th. That was the day of the curtain call. Um, Diesel losing in a steel cage match for the WWF Championship to Shawn Michaels. 
and uh, Razor Ramon losing to Triple H uh, in a match earlier uh, on the card. And uh, at that point, it was pretty much well known that those two were leaving. So since the crowd was a little smart to it, now it's a New York crowd, so it's a little smarter than you know all the other crowds in the in the, in the you know in the in the in the the, the realm of pro wrestling. Um, they knew, so they were pretty upset with it. You know, you sold out, you sold out, you know. Now, they got to also think back, too. This was a time before the internet. It so was, yeah. there was only talks. It was talks, magazine. and there was a handful of people that were in. You know what I mean? It wasn't really a big thing. But, uh, like I said, the, the New York crowd's a little smarter than I think everybody else is. And they, they knew it was coming. Um... But it wasn't until eight days later where uh, on May 27th, Scott Hall appears on Monday Nitro uh, from Macon, Georgia. And it was in a uh, sense that he came from the crowd a la (laughs) The Shield. (laughs) But uh, he came from the crowd and interrupted a match between The Mauler and Steve Dahl. First hour of this edition of WCW Monday Nitro on TNT from Giovanni Larry Zabisco. And we are taking a look at the mauler completely maul his opponent, Steve Dahl. Well, you know, Steve, Steve Dahl was trying to get an offensive going. Wait a minute. But, but what the hell but is going what? on here? But the mauler, well, he just got reversed right there. The mauler runs him down. What are you talking about? Look, look here. Well, what the hell? I have no idea. Wait a minute. I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm seeing You people, you know who I am. But you don't know why I'm here. Are we going to get security here? Where? is Billionaire Ted. Where is the Nacho Man? That punk can't even get in the building. Me, I go wherever I want, whenever I want. And where, oh where, is Scheme Gene. Cause I got a scoop for you. When that Ken doll lookalike, when that weatherman wannabe comes out here later tonight, I got a challenge for him, for billionaire Ted, for the Nacho Man, and for anybody else in uh, WCW. <laughs> hey, you want to go to war? You want a war? You're going to get one. Fans, I, what about the match? I don't know what to say. Randy Anderson's coming. Randy? Randy, what's going on here? What about the mat, Randy? What, what, what's going on? 
What about the match? Tony Schiavone. Who gives a crap about the Mauler? The Mauler. I'm watching the Mauler. Mauler's opponent, ladies and gentlemen, that was the debut of Scott Hall on Monday Nitro, eight days after the curtain call. That was, I will never, ever forget seeing that on my television. I will not either, because like I said, what are the odds that we're watching the Mauler versus Steve Dahl? Like, like, honestly, what are the odds that, because I was watching that. Exactly. I was watching that. That is an iconic moment that will be in my, embedded in my head forever. I can't remember whether... Uh, because, like I said, back then the the internet didn't exist, so right. I I personally was not a big um, what would you what the PW what was that they oh PWI yeah I was a big PWI I wasn't a big PWI guy so Man, I, I was a moderate <clears throat> one but I yeah. didn't really and, I, and if you remember from the first podcast I was actually kind of getting back into it around mm-hmm. then, so. I'm over here watching and they say wait a minute what's Racing Ramon doing on WCW. So, for me, it was a complete shock because I was unaware. Complete shock. Complete shock. So, like, I mean, I think I think that has to be one of the most, like, compelling moments on wrestling TV. And it was during a match that, like, no one... You see what I mean? Like, today, that wouldn't happen during just a regular old segment. That would happen during something that that the WWE would push to people to watch, to make sure they're watching, and then it happens, making it a little bit predictable. That was during two jobbers wrestling. You know what I'm saying? And people, WCW relied on people who might be watching at the time and calling their buddies. Oh my God, Razor Ramon's on the WCW right now. You got to turn on Nitro right now. And I don't remember exactly. I can't give you the exact um, um, the exact fact that if that was during Raw as well, like or if that's that was like when Raw started or cuz Nitro started an hour before Raw, you know, for the most part. So, I can't tell you whether that was before Raw or after Raw, but whatever. So that was uh but if you if you um, think back, Raw was actually crap back then. So I mean, <laughs> I mean Raw, what, Raw was I. I mean, I don't know. You you had the emergence of Steve Austin. You know, you had uh, you know it, it was it was happening. You know, things were happening. But you know, you're right. You're right. It was kind of like a standstill. But there you go. Um, that was the again. That was the debut of Scott Hall, Razor Ramon on WCW Nitro. And the next week, uh, Scott Hall comes out claiming to have a big surprise for uh, Sting. I guess Sting decides he's going to comment on Hall coming out. And then, um, so Hall comes out, says he's got a big surprise next week. And we all know what the big surprise was. But we're going we're gonna to let you guys in anyway. There you go. Really backpedaling now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't want any trouble with you. I don't want any trouble with you here now. But I have to point out, you came out here last week. 
Where is it? The big surprise. I mean, I heard a lot of talk, but where's the walk? What? I'm here. Where is it? You've been sitting out here for six months, running your mouth. This is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective, play. We ain't here to play. Now he said last week that he was going to bring somebody out here. I'm here. You still don't have your three people. And you know why? Because nobody wants to face us. This show's about as interesting as Mark Schott reading excerpts from Mein Kampf. No trouble here tonight. Speak the peace and hit Yeah, no trouble because you know I'll kick your teeth down your throat. What, you couldn't get a paleontologist to get a couple of these fossils cleared? You ain't got enough guys off a dialysis machine to get a team? Yeah, where's Hogan? Where's Hogan? Out doing another episode of Blunder in Paradise? Where's the macho man, huh? Doing some Slim Jim commercial? Hey, we're here! You want to say something? Look, I don't have the authority right here, right now. You want to fight? Fight is it with me. You want three guys? Tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, I'm going to be in Atlanta. I'll be in the offices of WCW. I'll try and get you your fight. And you know what? Live. This Sunday in Baltimore, Great American Bash. You guys want to show up? You want to fight? You show up, I'll see if I can get you your fight. I don't know about you, but hey, they love us in Baltimore. Hey, hey big man, I say me and you, we'd be at the Bash. Maybe these punks want to fight. Yeah. I'll be there. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. It before you get into that, well, <clears throat> let's put a little let's place it back in the time period in ninety six. WWF at the time was still stale, like I had said before. Maybe right. maybe Austin was coming up around. Emerging. Yeah, emerging. emerging. I mean this is on the heels of King of the Ring ninety six, yeah. so this but so this was a whole new game for, yes, sir. for wrestling because Eric Bischoff had started this whole reality-based, you know, wrestling product. Mm-hmm. So here you are. You have a stale, <clears throat> gimmick, very gimmicky company in WWF putting out a product that's everybody's tired of and stale. And now two guys that are supposed to be on WWF that not a lot of people knew were going to be on WCW have now jumped ship. And now... Right. At this point, without the internet, you're saying, oh my god, WWF is invading WCW. 
And what show are you going to watch? Something where you're going to see a guy dressed as a, a garbage man? Or you're going to watch a show where two guys show up out of nowhere, whatever they want, and you least expect it, and they're going to wreak, you know, wreak havoc all over the show? Of course. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go to? To put this in perspective, okay, that was six days before Great American Bash. Yep. Right? The King of the Ring was June 23rd, 96. So the the Great American Bash was a week before the King of the Ring. Uh, and the Great American Bash would happen. And then Stone Cold would, would go out and cut the promo he cuts. Now, <clears throat> last... During the King of the Ring seg- uh, episode that we played... I said that the NWO is said to have been the <clears throat> benchmark of the Attitude Era. It uh, it got the Attitude Era, like it got the juices flowing for the Attitude Era. But really, Austin 316 was like the, the start of all this. It was really happening at the same time. Do you think, I'm asking this to you now, right? And fans, if you're listening to us, please... You know, comment on Facebook. We're going to post this show. Listen to it. Listen to what we're saying. You know, take our questions to each other and answer answer it yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I, just because I'm, ans- I'm asking Greg a question doesn't mean you guys can't chime in. Comment. Leave a comment. Th- you know, tell us what you think. But, Greg, my question to you is this. Do you think that Vince McMahon and the WWF are looking at this invasion angle on the WCW product and decide, oh my gosh, we got to do something. I think we should do it with Steve. I think we should just let him be, let him go, and see what happens. What's the worst that can happen? But we need something to rival this NWO reality kind of base thing. Do you think that that had the NWO, the the the, fe- the defection of Hall and Nash onto the WCW? Because at this point, it's been three weeks since Hall debuted. Do you think that had something to do with Steve Austin and the emergence of what we now know as the Attitude Era? I don't think it launched Stone Cold because I think Stone Cold was breaking off on his own. Stone Cold launched Stone Cold. Yeah. Okay. Um, he was breaking away from Ted DiBiase and the Ringmaster and all right. that stuff. Um, obviously, the curtain call definitely helped him. Right. Um, because if it wasn't for the curtain call, he wouldn't have won the King of the Ring. Hence, we wouldn't have the Austin 316 promo. But I think... I do agree that I think WWF had said... To themselves, let's just let Stone Cold be Stone Cold. Yeah, um, and just giving that freedom to Stone Cold Steve Austin launched Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, um, I think at that point they were scrambling to come up with something to combat WCW, and I think in the mix they had just said, "Let's just let Austin be Austin and let him run," and, and it worked I, out right. And I would like to believe that Vince. It always takes the approach of, you know what, there's let no them way. do what there's they're no, doing, we no worry way. about there, what we're doing. There's no way Vince McMahon had any hand in that promo. 
Oh, no, no. I'm not saying yeah. he did. That was all Austin. No, I mean, all the promos were all the guys. They they were given the liberty to cut their own promo. Like, at that point, even up until, like, you know, uh, a little bit after the Attitude Era, everyone was said, okay, this is what you got to say. Whatever you come up with is cool. With me, you know what I'm saying? Just don't just don't cuss or something. You know what I'm saying? But I, I do think, like, like, I like to think that Vince has his own kind of, like, you know, his... Uh, his I'll do what I got to do attitude. Forget about what they're doing because we got to just focus on ourselves. But I do think that the NWO really sparked, like, like Vince to be like, hmm, maybe we should go in a similar direction. But uh, you know, I don't know. I'm 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 torn because, like I said, I said at the King of the Ring episode that Steve Austin was the guy. But now we're doing an NWO episode, and you know, yeah, yeah, my my I'm changing the way I think. But anyway. Um, now that takes us to the Great American Bash, where um, Hall and Nash, because that's what they're known as now, Scott Hall and Kevin no, Nash. You, you missed the whole the whole the whole uh, lawsuit. No, no, no. I was getting to that. Oh, okay. I was getting to that. So Hall and Nash now have to use their name, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, because at this point they were nameless. They, they were nameless. They, they were... didn't say their name, but they acted the way they would if they were Diesel and Razor Ramon, as if they were Diesel and Razor Ramon, right? Toothpaste, right? The, 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 back the, hair. Sort of, sort of Spanish accent. Yeah. You know, uh, Diesel. Diesel was always kind of himself. Nash. Nash was always kind of himself as Diesel, but you know, that was um, that was him playing the role of Diesel. You know, they both came from. From where they came from, they were referencing Nacho Man and Scheme Gene and Billionaire Ted. These are promos that WWF had cut at the time to make fun of them. I, you know what, really quick before we go to the Bash, the uh, Great American Bash, it's funny how Hall mentions, where's Hogan, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he said he couldn't find a paleontologist to find some of these fossils and get them cleared. And where they go, where they end up going a month later. Right. I just find right. it kind of ironic and funny, but... Um, uh, another thing, another quick thing about that is um, the 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 whole fact that he said adjective. The adjective yeah. is play. Yeah. In that sense, it was a verb. Yeah. I just thought I, I, I think know. it's the part, part of, of it's part of wrestling folklore. Uh, Look at the adjective play. At the time, it was fine. Yeah, no, I no one really cared. Yeah. Nobody cared at the time because we were all in shock. So Hall and Nash shows up at the Great American Bash, uh, like Bischoff asked him to. But uh, also, actually, before you get to that point, not only was WWF suing them over the names and the, the mannerisms, right? But also. They had to state at this pay-per-view that they did not work for the WWF. Because they never came out... Nobody ever came out previously and said that... um, That these guys no longer worked at WWF. Right. They they insinuated they were still employees of WWF invading WCW. (coughs) Exactly. Exactly. They weren't... They weren't clear enough... To the, to the public that they were no longer working for the World Wrestling Federation. Correct. So Bischoff has to ask them that question at the Great American Bash. Right. Do you still work for the World Wrestling Federation? They both said no. And then Bischoff gets powerbombed through the table, <laughs> jackknife through the table. Yeah, that was a good uh, moment. It was a good moment, yeah. But then, uh, so basically, Bischoff says that he doesn't have opponents for them. And they, uh, you know, they insinuated that Eric Bischoff was being, you know, you know, like just kind of like, like putting it to the side and not really taking it very seriously. And uh, he gets powerbombed through a table, which 
at that point, that, that didn't done, really yeah. happen either. The last time I remember the table getting broken right. was uh, when Bret Hart went through the table. At Survivor, Survivor Series. Series Survivor Series, Diesel. yeah. yeah. Against Diesel, there you go. Yeah. Diesel's put Ironic. a lot of people through tables. Yeah. But Bischoff not being a wrestler taking a bump like that, man? Yeah. That's impressive. That's he, wanted, he, Listen, wanted, he, wanted he wanted to go to real, war. He wanted war. Yeah. He wanted that warlike feel. You had to do it. So anyway, eventually, um, that yes. sparks Got to take a bullet sometimes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <coughs> that sparks the um, eventual main event for the bash at the beach. And uh, this, ladies and gentlemen, is why we are here. Bischoff ends up finding three men who would answer their challenge, but he wouldn't name them. And then Bischoff held a quote-unquote draft on Nitro at one point to determine WCW's representatives. And the ones that are chosen are Sting, Lex Luger, and the macho man, Randy Savage. So the stage is set for the hostile takeover match. For the main event at Bash of the Beach in before Daytona you, Beach. Before you get to that, you know what I always liked about that? What's that? <laughs> that, that all of them um, put uh, war paint on their faces. Like, oh, yeah. And yeah, then yeah, uh, yeah, Kevin yeah, Nash yeah. goes, look at the clouds. Look at the clouds. Look at the clouds. Yeah. Uh, it's fun Basically, stuff. Basically, this, this is also something you got to think about, too. Um, Kevin Nash and Scott all were pretty much making WCW look like you know yeah like crap crap yeah you know calling them old calling them clowns um at one point you know i you know they had they had held off the all the base almost the entire locker room with baseball bats and with two guys so i mean at this point wcw is looking like the second rate company oh that yeah they had well, always, and they darted ray mysterio to the to the no that was the, way after. oh was that what after was that after? yeah that was way after so anyways uh, leading into the bash, uh, basically WCW was looking like the typical second-rate show, right? Um, and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were acting at, almost on behalf of WWF at the time, well, appearing that way on w- on TV. So, um, yeah, that leads us into the bash. Bash of the Beach. Hall and Nash comes to the ring by themselves, leaving speculation open as to who will be their third man because now the WCW has three men and Hall and Nash only have two. So they surprised everybody by coming down to the ring uh, by themselves and uh, not not Bring having the their man. third man. So it actually here uh, here come the uh, you know the, the outsiders so to speak. Yep. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Um, introduced by Michael Buffer. Introduced by Michael Buffer. <laughs> Only Michael Buffer can, you know? That's right. Uh, so the match gets started, and Lex Luger gets injured um, in the match. Shortly after it started, he had to be stretchered off. So basically, this turns into a tag team match. You got Hall and Nash against Sting and Savage. So, um... You know, about 16 minutes in, um, after a late tag from Sting to Savage, Savage goes on the attack, hitting both of the outsiders with repeat action handle smashes from the top. And then uh, um, Hall goes down, and referee Randy Anderson is checking on Scott Hall. 
Scott Hall grabs his shirt while Nash hits him with a low blow. Well, Nash hits Savage with a low blow. And uh, both men are down now on the mat. So, um, with all four men down, Randy Anderson had to uh, begin to count them out. And, because he didn't really see what happened with the low blows. Right. And uh, it's going to lead us into one of them, if not the most iconic moment in wrestling. Well, history. ladies and gentlemen, you heard the opening of our show. Sorry, but before you get to that, no. I want to know, were you watching this week? Full disclosure, I did not see this paper. I did not either. So we're in agreement here. Okay, so we'll talk about what happens. We'll talk about some stuff, some of that stuff after. We we both didn't see this pay per view. Don't ask me why I decided to skip watching this pay per view because this was actually actually one of the most anticipated moments that I can remember. I wanted to know who their third man was so bad. It had to have been a family event that I had to miss this for. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't remember that far back. I don't remember why I missed it either. I don't remember why I, I missed it. Yeah. But, 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 but the wrestling fan inside me all night long... Now, remember, 96, we didn't have smartphones. We barely had computers that connected to the internet. If they did, it was on dial-up, so it was slow. And if we found out it was from some sort of a report, we didn't watch it, you know, it, after it aired, on a network, on streaming, nothing like that. If you want to watch this event, you have to buy it and record it on VHS and watch it later, or wait for the replay on Tuesday, thus having it spoiled on Monday right. for Nitro. So that's the only reason that you were able to watch this event. And um, ladies and gentlemen... We're about to realize right here on Six Borough Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> because we didn't know until now. <laughs> because we didn't know until that point where we stopped our intro what the heck was going to happen. And ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your seats. Hulk Hogan arrives. What? What? Is he the third man? He's the third man. What did I just see? Oh, another leg drop. He is a bird man. Look at this picture. Oh, my God. Look at that. What the hell is going on? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Probably the lowest shot ever given to professional wrestling. Oh, shot the That man did right there, Hulk Hogan. Setting him up. Let's get everybody out of the dressing room right now and kick his rear end. Can't say ass on TV. What have I been saying all these years? What have I been saying all these years? Oh, my God. Bobby Heenan knew it all along. A lifetime. It's right down the drain, kid. I a hope you love it. Can you, you just little, sold just sold to the devil. See those little monsters with the tears rolling down their face right now? We are not going to even acknowledge that three count. Now what happens to us? What happens now to WCW? There was no three count. I never thought I would say that he's yellow, but he may be wearing red, but he's wearing red and yellow. What do we do now? I'll tell you what. Oh, this is a unbelievable situation right here at Bash at the Beach. Hulkamania, the third guy with the outsiders, betrayed WCW. Can't talk. Excuse me. Excuse me. Ladies and gentlemen, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan has betrayed 
WCW. Now, now, Greg, Hulk Hogan is the third man mm-hmm. with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, Razor and Diesel, his buddies from the north. Mm-hmm. Did you see that coming? Absolutely not. Because all I keep thinking about, and I know what you're going to ask me later, and that's fine. You can ask me that at the end. That's fine. But all I keep thinking about is what WWF guy is jumping ship and joining Hall Nash, Hall and Nash. So I'm thinking, who is it going to be? Is it going to be Bret Hart? Because he was gone for a while. Is it going to be Yokozuna? Because he wasn't on TV for a while. Is it going to be this guy? Is it going to be that guy? Who's it going to be? I never, ever, ever saw that coming. It's like why it was the perfect choice. It's why it was the perfect choice. And honest to God, honest to God, that people ask why John Cena doesn't turn heel. I don't think he could pull it off like Hogan did. Hulk Hogan turning heel is the most shocking, unbelievable moment. And I'm going to tell you how I found that out. Good. I found out by reading the New York Daily News. <laughs> It was in the New York Daily News the next day? So, there was a guy who would post results to Raw, Nitro, and or pay-per-view okay. in the sports section. And every Friday, this same guy had a little article he'd write about wrestling in the newspaper. Little article. I would get the Daily News every single day because of that. But I would get it especially every Friday to, to read his, his article and to look at the results of Raw and of Nitro or a pay-per-view that I had missed. Okay. That's how I found out it was Hulk Hogan. You want to know how? And when I read that article, when I read the bit – because after every, uh, you know, every match that he posts, you know, this guy defeated that guy, that guy defeated that guy – it goes, call the hotline and we'll discuss Hulk Hogan turning into a bad guy. Why did Hulk Hogan turn into a bad guy? And I'm reading the newspaper with my mouth wide open and drool hanging out like, are you kidding me? You were that kid in the front row tearing up, aren't you? I was like, no, I wasn't tearing up. I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. Honestly, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Hogan turned bad? I have to watch next Monday. I have to watch tonight. You were crying. No. You I wasn't you, crying. You want to know how I found out? How did you find out? <laughs> I found out the following Saturday because I missed the Nitro the next night. Oh, what? <laughs> Yo, is... I missed an entire week of wrestling. I don't know why. Oh. But I specifically remember the following Saturday night right. WCW show. And they had matches on, obviously, that nobody cared about. Um, but a lot of the talk was the commentators talking about Bash of the Beach. Yeah. And I remember that specific episode. Uh, Tony Giovanni disgusted beyond belief. Uh, but I missed the next night, Nitro. Where were you guys? What were you doing? What did you think? Comment on Facebook. Leave us a comment on uh on our post uh, for the show. What did you think? Let us know. How did you take it? 
what do you think you would have done differently if you wanted to? I mean, nothing should have been done differently because it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But, you know, give us your ideas. Give us your, give us how, you know, give us your feedback. Um, following, following the epic turn, Hulk Hogan then goes on to cut one of the most absolute iconic promos ever. So not only are we getting one of the most memorable, important, incredible turn of events at Bash at the Beach 1996, but we're getting one of the greatest, absolute greatest, I still get chills when I hear it to this day, 23 years later, Hulk Hogan is now... Revealed as the third man, and Mean Gene Okerlund has to stand in the ring. Yo, before before you get to that, <laughs> what balls is Mean Gene Okerlund got? Mean Gene he's, Okerlund. He's going in the ring with Let three guys that just trash WCW. Hulk Hogan is his turn heel, and Mean Gene Okerlund has the balls to get in the ring and interview this dude. I got to tell you right now, this was like just magic. It was magic, dude. I, I, I mean, I can only imagine... Watching it live unfold in front of my eyes and not reading it in a newspaper. That's right. Like, what What did I miss? You know what I mean? How could I have missed that? But ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Hulk Hogan's first ever, well, not first ever, but first after Hulkamania, first heel promo. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy this because it's the greatest thing you'll ever hear. What in the world are you thinking? Me, Gene, the first thing you need to do is to tell these people to shut up if you want to hear what I got to say. I have been with you for so many years. For you to join up with the likes of these two men absolutely makes me sick to my stomach. And I think that these people here and a lot of other people around the world have had just about enough of this man, this man, and you want to put yourself in this group, you've got to be kidding me. Let me set the let me let me just pause this and set the set the setting for you. Hulk Hogan's in the middle of the ring. Hall to his his left, Nash to his right, Mean Gene right in front of Hogan, and the fans are throwing Hulk Hogan memorabilia in the ring. Trash. Trashed. Ripped foam fingers, doll heads, just cups of of beer, soda, popcorn. That's never been. That's never happened. That's either. never happened in 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 mainstream wrestling either. Because it might have happened like in Puerto Rico. It might have happened like in hostile territories. But but this like like the fans are absolutely sick about this. But you do notice in the background a couple of fans scattered around, clapping and loving this thing. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. I had to interrupt because I had to set the tone. I had to set the, the visual for those who might not have seen this before or, or, or don't remember. Just the, the crowd, the, the ring is starting to fill up with trash, garbage. Everyone's getting hit with garbage. It's amazing. Let's continue. Well, the first thing you got to realize, brother, is this right here is the future of wrestling. You can call this... The new 
world order of wrestling, brother. Oh, the chills, man. These two men right here came from a great big organization up north. Everybody was wondering who the third man was. Well, who knows more about that organization than me, brother? I've been there, I've done that. You have made the wrong decision, in my opinion. Well, let me tell you something. I made that organization a monster. I made people rich up there. I made the people that ran that organization rich up there, brother. And when it all came to pass, the name Hulk Hogan, the man Hulk Hogan, got bigger than the whole organization, brother. And then billionaire Ted, amigo, he wanted to talk turkey with Hulk Hogan. Well, billionaire Ted promised me movies, brother. Billionaire Ted promised me millions of dollars. And billionaire Ted promised me world caliber matches. And as far as billionaire Ted goes, Eric Bischoff and the whole WCW goes, I'm bored, brother. That's why these two guys here, the so-called outsiders, these are the men I want as my friends. They're the new blood of professional wrestling, brother. And not only are we gonna take over the whole wrestling business with Hulk Hogan and the new blood, the monsters with me, we will destroy everything in our path, Mean Gene. Look at all of this crap in this ring. This is what's in the future for you if you wanna hang around the likes of this man Hall and this man Nash. As far as I'm concerned, all this crap in the ring represents these fans out here. For two years, brother, for two years, I held my head high. I did everything for the charities. I did everything for the kids. And the reception I got when I came out here, you fans can stick it, brother. Because if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, you people wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff would be still selling meat from a truck in Minneapolis. And if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, all these Johnny-come-latelys that you see out here, wrestling wouldn't be here. I was selling out the world, brother, while they were bumming gas to put in their car to get to high school. So the way it is now, brother, with Hulk Hogan and the new world organization of wrestling, brother, me and the new blood by my side, what you gonna do when the new world organization runs wild on you? What you gonna do? What are you hey, gonna do? Don't touch me, I got a fleet of lawyers. I got a fleet of lawyers. Don't touch me, I got a fleet of lawyers. Greg. <laughs> Dude, I was telling you this. That promo still gives me chills to this day. Yeah. Absolutely. There's nothing better than watching Hulk Hogan just shit on everything. 
pretty much. All his, all his accomplishments, all his credentials, credibility, the 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 make a wish, the I mean, everything, everything he did, done. You know what's funny? He wasn't going to do it. <laughs> he wasn't going to do but it. But you know what? The almighty dollar talks because he knew that money train was leaving. And he, wasn't get, he wasn't letting that thing go without him. He said something in the, um, in the, towards the end of the promo that really struck a chord with me. I think even right now. Right? He said that the reception I got when I came out here you fans can stick it, brother. Because I think Eric knew, and maybe Hulk knew too, that the tide was changing. It was. You know, they were getting tired of Hulkamania in the WWF. Then here we are again with the whole relaunch of the w, you know, WCW Hulkamania. He's the same guy. He's the same guy. It's the same old tired Hulkamania. Something had to change. I think he realized that in the WWF. That's why he left. He went to go do his show also and all that stuff. But they were just smart to it. And I think it was the perfect, perfect, perfect scenario. And it was masterfully done. And there's nothing better than it. And I love it. Yeah. Enough said. That's perfect. So my question to you... Mr. Lockwood. Lockwood. CCK. There's well, it's also, there's a little backstory that you know you, you got to know about. Um, Eric Bischoff had actually went to Hogan and asked him to be the third man, and Hogan didn't want to do it. He said, "What was his famous quote? Until you lace a, until you go a day in my boots, you don't know nothing." Right. Right. Something along yeah. those lines. Yeah. yeah. Basically telling Eric he doesn't know anything about Hulk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to do it. And Bischoff had it all set up to be another guy. And before that happened, he got the call from Hogan saying he was the third guy. So my question to you is if it wasn't going to be Hogan, who would it have been? Well, here's the thing. I know who the backup would have been. Uh-huh. Because I, I, I just know from... Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I would have picked... I would have tried so hard to get Brett to hit Manhart. Okay. I think it made the most sense. This was during the time he was gone. He was off filming. What was he filming? The the show uh, that he was filming. Oh, um, on USA. Yeah, also. yeah. yeah. You remember the shows? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was. Um, <clears throat> he was the only logical person I thought would come over. Honest to God, I thought it was Bret Hart. Part of me thought it was Yokozuna too, but I'm a kid. You know, at this point, I was a kid. I didn't really put it together. You know, no one has seen, no one really saw Yokozuna for a little while. I mean, he ended up showing up afterwards a little bit, but um, I thought it was going to be Brett. Who'd you think? Or who would you have picked? Yeah. I think, for me, Brett would have been the most likely. Because, you know, you're, you got WWF guys coming to WCW, so I'm thinking, oh, this is a WWF takeover. 
Mm-hmm. Even after they said they don't work for the WWF anymore, okay, well, maybe they're getting WWF guys. Maybe Brett's coming. Okay. For me, it was Brett. Yep. Um, I don't mind the backup plan, which would have been Sting. Simply because Sting was definitely the flag bearer for WCW. Right. Um, and he was in the match itself. Right. Where he easily could have turned at the end. But... Again, I don't think it would have worked because he's not a WWF guy. You're right. You're right. I don't think it would have had that impact. You no. know what I mean? Now, it, it it would have had an impact being being in being that Sting was that flag-bearing WCW guy and now he's turned his back. But um but then again, in the future who you know It just wouldn't have made sense. It wouldn't have been career. it wouldn't have been as big of an impact. No. It just wouldn't have. Everything played out the right way. And I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to have lived as a child who remembers through this time in the wrestling business, you know? Honestly, you know what? It would have been a, wouldn't have been a bad choice against Austin. If they could have somehow, because think about it, there was no guaranteed contracts. Right. He could have jumped ship easily. Right. To get him yeah. to come back. Yeah. And say, I'm back to stick at the WCW mm-hmm. who basically fired me. Yeah. fired me and ruined my career. Yeah. But the thing is, Austin was only six months old in the WWF himself. I'm so just it was saying. like, yeah. No, but I get you. I get you. I get yeah. you, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the end of our reminiscing the new world order, ladies and gentlemen. The New World Organization, as Hulk Hogan said a few times in the, in the, in the promo. Ladies and gentlemen, what would follow would be the most incredible f- faction of all time. The NWO took the wrestling world by storm from there. I'm sure we'll talk more about the NWO at some point. But this was the, the groundwork that was laid by Hall Nash... And Hulk another Hogan. Just another fuel in the fire of the Monday Night Wars. This is what... I mean, this is what put the WCW over the hump. They made so much money doing this. And ladies and gentlemen, we hope that you enjoyed our NWO. The beginning of the NWO. The Bash of the Beach, 1996. July 7th, 23 years ago today. I am Lockwood. Ralph Rispo. And I am the Cross County Kid. And we are just too sweet! Hey, don't touch me, I gotta play the lawyers! Cody, Bobby, Dusty, damn it, let's get back to you! Alright, we have seen the end of Hulkamania. For Bobby the Brain Heenan, for Dusty Rhodes, Gene Okerlund, I don't know. I'm Tony Schiavone. Hulk Hogan, you can go to hell. We're out of here. Straight to hell.